I got me my gourd drive. What the fuck's going on down there? Episode 408 is divisible by the number 4. Hello, welcome to WTFTFW. I'm joined by Aaron. And also the number 8. I didn't... So I thought it... Yeah, I thought it was. But I was on my toes... 40 is divided, divisible by 8. And 8's divisible by 8. And 8's divisible by 8. I was eight. on my toes just enough where I was about to say 8, but then I was like, wait, am I, am I just assuming? Am I not thinking this through properly? And then I second-guessed myself. It's because, trusted in yourself. because I didn't get that common core, man. That's after my time. No, no, no. Common core. Common core, you would have been, like, painting sticks and asking how does 40 feel. I've, I've heard that there's there are good cases made for common core. It's just I can't find them on my Facebook feed, so I need to go digging someday. Because I want to I wanna know. It's, it's so foreign to me that I start... I actually feel dumb. Yeah, where I've seen issues is when it... Is math that later on you become, uh, like, you just know something like, you know, 3 plus 7 is 10 because that's the way that it is. You 3, 7, 10. But it's when, like, no, you take 2 from the 7 and you add it to the 3. And then it's 2 5s and 2 5s is 10. And I don't mind the idea of lateral thinking. Right. And it, it's something where maybe if you are dealing with a much larger number than that little bit? Okay, maybe? Yeah, I can see that. Like, if you're doing 37 plus 42 and you're trying to find a way to shift numbers around to do it in your head, but when it starts out with something very basic and then they say, you know, 3 plus 7 equals... And how did you come that way? And somebody's just like, oh, 3 plus 7 is 10 because 3 plus 7 is 10. And they're like, nope! Yeah, it's, to me, I feel like there's got to be some merit to it because I have this feeling in the back of my head that's grown ever since the initial reaction to it that the fact that most of us react to Common Core angrily makes me feel like, are we just reacting the way, like, cavemen reacted to, like, fire and wheels? Well, I'm, or... I'm sure there's a part of it that's like, that's not my math. Yeah. Crazy kids got off my lawn. <sighs> okay. But it, it's where... Like, am I just terrified of the, l- of the light in the sky? With this? <laughs> no. No, I, I think it's when you see somebody that has a legitimate answer that's correct, and then they get dinged because, well, that's not what it says. And, and I guess part of that comes to, to bad teachers of, well, that's not what's in my answer book, so it's not right. Whereas you can ins- instead phrase questions in such a manner that, like, okay... That's a correct answer, but we're trying to talk. We're talking about estimation, not exact numbers. So we're looking for something a little bit different. Instead, it frequently appears to be, you know, the thing that shows up on the Facebook page is yeah. the how you did it wrong. You know, it's, it's kind of the old joke of you know you you only hear about where it goes wrong. You don't hear about the hundreds of drug deals that went right. <laughs> you only hear about the ones that went wrong. Uh, turning over to our common core respondent, TJ Omega, can you tell us about a few drug deals that went right? Uh, this week, um, no. Any any large shifts of the flocka down down in in Florida? Flo no no, Florida is a singer. It's this is this is this is a different place. Oh, 
You know, we're, you, you just invited an entire lesson on Common Core to be made in the comment thread, right? Well, so I opened up by saying I haven't been able to find easily the, the case for Common Core. Oh, it'll be handed to you. So perhaps I just attempted to set out a lure uh, with, you know, a, one of those big cartoonish, like, circles of rope around it with the slipknot on the end. And, like, the one carrot sitting in the open field. I'm trying to attract uh, a modern mathematician to, to give me more. You know, when cartoon characters do that, they're often hanging from the tree themselves. Yeah, well, that's why I'm taking it back. You know, I'm not going to be an Elmer Fudd. I'm going to be... Uh, uh, he actually... He didn't really have a Tiny Toons counterpart unless you're going to get real kooky and start talking about Elmira being the Elmer Fudd, and then that gets it creepy. Kind of was. Because who, uh -huh. who was the wife then? Who birthed Elmira? Right? I uh, I don't think it's like... Okay, none of the others in Tiny Toons were the kids, okay? So they're just all, like, mentors and students. But they have the same looking head! Like, did Elmer Fudd virgin birth Elmira? <laughs> did she just come out of his hat one day? I thought about this once, for a long time. It just came back. Why are you making me think about it? Because I'm trying to share. Welcome, everyone, to WTF at TFW, a Transformers podcast by Transformers fans. Uh, we're here to talk to you today about Transformers. We're going to start off by talking about a Transformers convention called TFCon Toronto because they're running a charity auction for Make-A-Wish Canada at their event on uh, specifically Friday, July the 15th. And I want to highlight it because I actually participated in that more last year and it was very rewarding. So uh, hit up the link, um, if you, especially if you're coming out to TFCon, bring a box of stuff. Don't bring a box of pure trash, but I don't know, maybe a box of a nice thing where some of the pure trash is the padding around it to keep it safe. Um, it's really fun. If you've gone to TFCons and you haven't gone to the charity auction, I would highly recommend uh, popping that cherry and checking it out because it's, A, it's fun to watch the auction part, but B, especially by the end when some stuff is just laid out on the table, you can get a real decent deal on a few real decent things. So... Uh, you can also get out whatever box I put in. Like, this year I gotta figure out what my box is. Last year my box was the medical box, medical mystery box, which was full of rubber poop and whoopee cushions, and toys, but also a whole lot of rubber poop and whoopee cushions. There's a story behind why I had all that, which I'll tell someday. Um, Aaron, you've been to a charity auction before, haven't you? I have. For TFCon, uh, even. For TFCon, I've helped, I've ran things, I've talked up things... Um, it's good cause. Yeah. Charity. Well, it's Make-A-Wish, so it's the kind of stuff that can get your, uh, get your, the, your John Cena's and your Ryan Reynolds's to, to visit, uh, terminally ill children and etc. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to highlight that thing, um, because it's also a great way to pass some, say, Transformers you don't want anymore onto another fan without having to go through the rigmarole of some kind of sales thread or eBay auction setup. If you just want to pass it to another fan, where you know it will go to another fan, a charity auction is a way to do that. Mm -hmm. um, TJ, have you ever been uh, around any charity auctions? Like at, um, I almost said the name of, of a Hamilton convention. That's not the convention that's in Florida. <laughs> I don't even know why no. that jumped in front. That's frustrating. Have you ever been to a convention charity auction? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I have not. 
It's generally not something that happens around the conventions I typically go to because very few of them around Florida are toy centric. We need to Imagine. change that. You, you, you wouldn't think about like Florida, America's retirement home. Not too big on kids' toys. You'd think, though, all the retiring people would have, like, one in 20 of them would have some kind of stock of their kids' stuff or, say, retired industry people. Yeah, but you don't drag that cross-country when you retire to Florida. That's a yard sale. Mm-hmm. Get, it out of, get it out of the house. Man, yeah, no, they take nothing to Florida. It's like the river sticks, you know, just the clothes on your back and the, the coin in your teeth or whatever. You're not too far off, not going to lie. <laughs> it, well, is it the coin in your teeth or was it over your eyes? I always mix all those up. You put the coin on the eyes so that the dead can have it for the ferryman. Okay. What do you put in their teeth? No, no, no. You put one in the mouth just in case the others get stolen. That way you know you have at least that one. Right. Yeah. That's what, I thought it was. there was some kind of oral money exchange thing involved with that. I don't know. I've never been on the river sticks. But no, I I've not been to a charity auction. I did post a video for TFCon's charity auction last year. Yeah, but I didn't. I did not find out about it in time to send some, something up for it myself. But yeah, it is a absolutely outstanding cause. It's a really good way of making sure that if if you've got something that you want to just hand off, it's collecting dust and it's time to find a new home, and you make sure it goes to a new good home, like someone who's actually going to enjoy it. Yeah, like it's it is it's a good way to hand something off and do some good at the same time. And I keep forgetting that there's like some system that I never remember because I live in Ontario by which to remotely get stuff to the auction. But I actually I literally don't remember how any of that works, but I'm sure people from TFCon can tell you. So you should ask them if you want to participate uh, or if you know anyone going down, you could you could probably, you know, especially if they're taking an airplane, just give them, you know, a 10 pound box of stuff no a sack of stuff and tell them to to check it for you because it's for the kids um anyway moving on from our little announcement there new picture picks aaron do you have any pictures you'd like to talk about from this last week or so oh i've been out of it can i take a pass for right now no worries tj omega have you got any pictures that you'd like to talk about from the last week or so Oh god, I had a tab open. Now I've lost it. Okay, no, I found it. That okay, happened to okay. me right when we started. When that's I, what I was going for. Shut up. <laughs> I had <laughs> my excuse, not yours. I had the uh, I had the topic list open when the Skype call started, and then for some reason I closed it, and then sat there going like, "Wait, why did I just close that?" And then I had to go and dig it up again and reopen it. <laughs> uh, no, we're starting to get in hand stuff for the Titans Returns Legends class. Sir. Oh, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, you're right. I forgot the Legend stuff was actually straight up in hand, because uh, yeah, Australia mm-hmm. has been getting that stuff. I saw the picture of uh, Fort Max on a shelf, but I... Yeah, like, when did that hit shelves before the Deluxes? That was really cool to see. Like, I, I want to say Australia got stuff first either for Combiner Wars or something else um, in the last Australia, years. I think, oddly gets, like, the big stuff early, and I don't know if it's just, like... If it's a case of, hey, these are big items and they sometimes get put further back on the list of things when shipping. And just because it's Australia, it's not as big a deal. Yeah. Like there's no priority sorting on things. It's just like, OK, fine here. Australia is interesting in the, to begin with because, you know, you can go. Everything's to normal- upside down. I don't know how it doesn't fall off. I've got I've got friends in Australia. I've, I've heard the tricks. 
at the tricks. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's strange. Like, you can go to, like, typical stores there, and you've got stuff from Japan as well. Like, they get Masterpiece toys. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the same way. Like, they, they have their own Hasbro there who seems to operate in this weird, like, half-Asia way because they are just south and some of yeah. that continent. Like, I honestly wonder if it's just as simple as they're a lot closer to China. Yeah. Oh, I very much so. But uh, I also just now managed to dig up that front page post about the Legends toys. Stripes looks real sad. <laughs> Stripes didn't even get transformed for this batch of photos. God, like, I, I almost want to go like, why'd you buy Stripes? You don't have to. Like, we, I get it. It's like a service being the first one to show this stuff. But no one cared about seeing Stripes. <laughs> even his screen looks sad and crooked. <laughs> no, we couldn't be bothered to get that sticker straight yeah that's that's it let's talk about the ones that aren't sad okay moving on okay so the ones that aren't sad uh, include no. wheelie okay, ironically enough yeah uh proportionally like just like overall shape he's looking really really good right now yeah uh this right. this looks like a strong ass like legends robot Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I go with how like stark contrast they went with the orange shades. I yeah, I mean I, I'm I this is one of those times where I really need to go and actually look at wheelies again because I think that the dark orange legs they remind me a lot of the G1 toy in a way, mm -hmm. um, not in a way that I'm like oh I'm glad they did that, but like that feels like where they drew from. Well, this is this is one of those areas where Hasbro will muck with the color schemes in order to make it a little bit more vibrant and add some contrast hmm. which makes me look at their uh upcoming blur and go where did that go head but, the headmaster i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll put all the money into the headmaster we can't afford another shade of blue mm -hmm. but uh wheelie does have some variants in his oranges he like he does have a couple of different shades to him it's just not that stark a chain uh, you know, it's not that big of a contrast you know and this and by the same token he also didn't have uh I don't. I don't think he had the black windshield. I'm pretty sure the original toy was gray or white. The original toy was a solid gray piece. Yeah. Um, I actually because um, the the Japanese one looks really nice too. Um, I wish the Japanese one had gone with a different color windshield because it looks like they went with just straight up clear. And I think that the the darker, or at least tinted windshield, does wonders for the robot mode. Um, the straight up clear one makes the robot mode have this unfinished feeling, and I wish they'd done like a blue or something. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's the one thing I like, like just straight up more on this North American version is the smoky clear windshield. Everything else is kind of like, whatever, like <laughs> <laughs> still looks like wheelie. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to is like, I, yeah, the Takara one does get me a little bit better on the colors. It, it's just wheelie. I just, <laughs> I wish they had done blue for the windshield on the Takara one, because I, I would like to get both wheelies and try swapping those windshields just to see what the smoky one looks like on those nice cartoon colors. Mm. Um, but yeah, wheelie looks good, and we I think we got our first look at the weapon storage for Rewind as well. Mm-hmm. It kind of crams into a side a little bit. Yeah, I, I like that, that this is like this nice slot for it to go into. It's kind of weird because it in robot mode it ends up creating two similar but very different arms. Yeah, like I it took me a while to notice that. Whereas like wait one arm is wait one arm is just like flat detail and then the other arm is deep detail but it's hollow. 
So I actually did not notice that until literally six seconds ago when you mentioned the arms look different. And I was like, he's crazy. Oh, look, they are different. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. I want to play with the toy so I understand why that happens. Well, the one the right arm is where the cavity for the gun is. So all the hollowing's done on the other side of the arm. Man, that's hmm. kooky. Like I, I get what you mean, but I, like I need to turn that toy over in my hands to like, you know, assemble the pieces fully. Right. I, yeah, I get I get what you mean, but that, that's such a weird afterproduct of that. Well, I guess at that size, I mean, what else are you really going to do? Just I've I've never thought about the idea of the hollowing having to be on one side, but it makes some sense given why hollowing even happens in the first place. Right. Oh, that's that's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> that aside, he does look really good. Yeah. Like I'm I'm so re- I, I think this is still the legends I'm looking forward to the most. I'm uh, psyched for the tank mode. It looks adorable. It's not in these photos, but the tank mode's always been kind of the thing that nailed me with rewind. Yeah. Or, you know, the cassette biped. No, it works. Yeah. Like, it it it, will, it makes more sense when we get around to, like, the rumble and frenzies in this mold. But for now, like, I, it does make a neat little alternate mode. This is the one thing I wish he had was a splotch of red on his camcorder. Mm, yeah. A red or black or something to highlight the fact that that's not just a weird, like, mold flash thing next to his head. Yeah, I mean... This doesn't help. At least that's a fairly easy user end thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, it would be nice to not have to do it. Yeah. Just little fine points like that rarely get done on the Hasbro side these days. Given like the things I understand about how spray ops work, like I wish like I wish I could know if they had tried to make the faceplate spray op also cover that dot and whether that just ended up being unfeasible. Yeah. Things that, like one of those things where I would love to know this, but I have no right to know. <laughs> yeah, I would love to know it. You go and ask, and you get well. The the that varies. Uh, most of the answer is a uh, no. It'd be like, well, go away, quit asking me questions, you crazy. Do person. you work for us? No. Um, go go buy the toys then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, these these are looking pretty fine. Uh, I'm hoping that. The thing is, Australia getting them, to me, is not indicative of, well, they're going to be in America, like, tomorrow. But certainly we are much closer now than we were before to these things hitting shelves. Mm-hmm. See. Aaron, uh, did you find anything in the interim? Um, the one thing that kind of caught my eye is that Creo has more releases? I, so I caught this on the front page, and I was like, I should look into this more, and then I didn't, because it said something about, like, it's a re-release, <laughs> but with new toolings? Okay, yeah. I'm the only one who did research. I, yeah. So, well, no, it was like the question of, I pretty much thought that Creo was kind of dead, because what have we seen out of Creo? Well, Creo's not dead, it just moved to China, where it dropped the Transformers IP and became, like, a, a original thing in, I think, Gashapons? Of some kind, like, you know, like a dollar store thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are being released at, like, Family Dollar, Dollar General, uh, the General Dollar Store mm-hmm. type thing. Then that, that's and fresh again. Yeah. Well, they've always had stuff 
for that line, but it's always like the old style deluxes, you know, or the scale, the super scaled down stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, they're, um, according to the, the things that's out there, it's the new style crayon body. So which, what does is, that mean? <laughs> um, it's like they read, mostly they redid the torso and upper arms. Because if you remember the early Creos, how often they'd crack, like down the side. They actually fixed that? Mm-hmm. I think so. That's great. They should have yelled to the moon about having fixed that. Yeah. Well, the problem is, though, it's it, when you sit there and you compare it to the uh, other other groups that are out there making, you know, minifigures and Lego, you know, brick building systems a whole lot of other people have been doing it right for quite a while still so crowing like we got it right too guys is kind of like being the guy that crosses the line fifth in a race of six that's the way to there's a way to message it though you just say upgraded toolings better durability and a big blurb on the front and yeah we'll know what that means because who doesn't know what that would mean with creo that would mean oh so the shoulders don't split anymore yeah but i i was more caught off guard of like oh what creo still exists oh yeah is, we, we've been getting it in, so cool. in canada for the last year still we got all the rid 2015 sets um tj uh, did, i just wanted to ask uh since you actually looked into this aside from like the new body does is that what new tooling means on these um not entirely apparently everything on them is just a little bit smaller like the legs are a little bit shorter the arms are a little bit shorter uh, the hands are actually raised from the forearm now, the way Lego minifigs are. That, okay. God, I want to know why. Like again, I don't have any. Re- I don't have the right to know. But well, <laughs> in this in this case, it seems to be like a cost balancing thing because they're the figures themselves are just a little bit smaller because the the all the limbs and I think the main torso is just a little bit smaller. Okay, but the contrast is they've added a lot of tampographs. Yeah, like the so, that one in the center, especially with those slightly different arm proportions. I think just looks better. It looks more like a solid, stocky little robot, like to me anyway. Yeah, like if you look at the, like the big group shot, the one on the left is the one that gets me because the torso design is way better and like more detailed than the top one. Yeah. And you look at all of them, they've all got leg tampos now and they've all got lines around the face to make them look more robotic. Oh damn, yeah, they all have the lines. Yeah. And the the helmet on the middle one isn't covering his eyes anymore. Like it looks like they changed the crest to to not become a visor. Uh Those look great. Like I'm, it's kind of past me now, but those look. I was, and I was gonna say, man, I should go tell M Cipher, except he's the one who reported on all of this. So I was okay. The source, is, he was just asking me the other day, hey, do you st- do, did you guys get those Creo blind packs with like Centurion Optimus and all the period stuff? And I was like, yeah, but they're gone now. And he's like, damn it, <laughs> I should have asked someone to track those down. Um, cool. Uh, but but Aaron, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, it's not like. This makes Creo a contender in that greater realm. They they offer very little aside from IP that you can't get from the Lego Mega Bloks one two punch. Right. Um like really that is the one two punch now. Like that they cover this uh medium so well that like I I don't know what anyone else brings on aside from like those light up bricks. 
Um, I mean, you know, ignoring IPs. Like, if you want wrestler bricks, then you go to whatever the hell that... What were they called? Stackdown. Stack Friggin' I shouldn't have asked, because I'm just mad all over again. Uh, yeah, they stopped making those. Yeah, I heard. The, you know, at least at least once they made the big figure pack, because that's really the only reason anyone would want those. I saw that once at a Toys R Us, and I was like, okay, good. You did the right thing once. Um, yeah, that's cool. Like, Creo is, is such a... Like, someday I want someone to write the book about the journey of Creo, because I think Creo has got to be one of the most storied construction brands I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I would like to see something like that of, especially if it's the nice kind of thing where they get actual contacts and they can do like the, like what were the ups and downs, why did this happen when this didn't type of story. Yeah, because I, I heard Scuttlebutt once upon a time about like Creo being the result of people who wanted to work on construction toys working at Hasbro and then like creating this whole idea. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Creo, like, having this big start and then, like, reshifting its entire focus and then reshifting its entire focus again uh, with those Creo battle changers as far as the Transformers side of it anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and it, it like and with those battle changers kind of upping its quality to some degree, but so late and so far past most fans caring. Uh, like, Megablox has a story, too, but, like, Creo's story is so varied and weird in, like, this, such a tiny amount of time. Like, less than five years, I think. It would be five years this year, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think that seems about right for a time frame. Yeah, that's yeah, nuts. Crazy nuts. Um, are either of you guys thinking of tracking down the freshly tooled Creons? If if I'm near a dollar store, I might poke my head in. Oh, really? But I'm not going to be aggro. Yeah, I'm always going look and see what they have. Uh, I'm I'm a damn toy nerd. I'll go and look for it. All right. I liked I liked that genuine surprise in that. I figured Aaron would like. I, no, I didn't think Aaron like would. Like what? I, I can't go near a dollar store? Well, no, I'm not saying you can't go near a dollar store. I just didn't think that you would, upon reaction of seeing Creons in one, go, huh, maybe I'll pick one up. Why not? I guess. If it's at a dollar store, it's going to cost me... Uh, hold on. Uh, maybe a dollar? Hey, you know, a couple of those I can, dollars. I can, I can spare that. Well, yeah, I'm not going to go, like, the whole box. So that'd be, like, maybe $30? I've spent more money on dumb <laughs> things. 30 Creons? <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe that. Maybe that's what I'll am do I, at TFCon. I'll just have a big pouch yeah, maybe of I'm those things. Hey, and throw them at people's heads. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm. Maybe I'll just throw it at your head only. Maybe I'm trying to pump you up. Maybe I'm trying to challenge you and telling you you can't do it, so that you will. By the way, you can't do it. I don't think you've got it in you to buy thirty dollar store crayons. Okay. I dare you to. Wait, you dare me to? I thought you said you didn't think I could. Yeah, I don't think you have it in you, so, so I'm going to dare you to so that I'll win the dare. Because if you don't do what I dare you to do, that means that you didn't dare, and so I won. I was trying to figure out a D word to throw in there, but I ran out. Because we haven't even okay. we haven't even got... No, you know what? I double dog dare you. I'm a Christmas story, this. So if I don't do it, then I win? No! I double dog dare you! So so if I do buy them, then I win. Yes. 
I'm okay. Fine, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, I've also maybe been stalling to go find my own new picture pick. This is a developing, continuing story on the new Hasbro trademarks for conventions. So we had the whole thing about how they got Hascon. Uh, they've now trademarked Hasbrocon. Mm-hmm. Which was one of those logical ones that we figured they might get as well. Um, but apparently they also registered a, a website domain name with the URL www.hasbro-con.com. I caught on Facebook that apparently they didn't register just the word hasbrocon.com, which someone else has grabbed now. Was this going to be like the sudden explosion of botcon dates? Twitter addresses? I don't remember now. Because I don't remember, I, I'm pretty sure it was the URL, but also the Facebook page for HasbroCon with no dash. I believe someone has squatted. I don't know. Apparently, it's a little bit messy. Um, but yeah, I think like if you're gonna pick between the two, pick HasbroCon because that sounds way better than Hascon. Like I, you, mm-hmm. it rolls off the tongue a little bit more. Um, also, I wanted to throw big shouts out to all the folks uh, a couple weeks ago in the thread who offered all kinds of ways to try to spell out Masquerade as a uh, a convention name. There were a couple that didn't get it, though, or at least one that didn't get it, where there was a Q, and it's like, that's not mask, branding. Mask branding is Masquerade is spelled with a K. But we'll see what happens with HasbroCon. We'll see if it's... We'll see if the URL stays HasbroCon with that dash... I'm pausing for laughter. I'm sure we're getting some. Please don't. Um, do either of you guys have any more clever ideas for uh, what, say, domains perhaps Hasbro should go buy before it's too late? No, because they haven't written back yet. So you want to go buy them? Can't prove a thing. Squatter. Says he hasn't already bought them. It's a squatter. He's the guy who got Hasbro Con, I bet. That Aaron... Anyway, this has all been kind of a build-up just to get our our tongues ready to talk about the big, fresh news. Are you guys ready to talk about the fifth installment of the Transformers live-action movie series? I thought we were done. (laughs) Well, we are done, but they're still making more. Transformers The Last Night was announced uh, less than a week ago with a horrible logo. Done in an Angry Birds font? Maybe. The logo? An Angry Birds font with greebly stuff instead of, like, slightly rounded with feathers. Yeah, the, the logo looks like a movie logo, except that someone is trying to very ham-fistedly make it a little bit more for kids again. It's terrible. That's what it is. <laughs> but the uh, movie's called The Last Night, which rolls with the heavily implied and completely unexplained new background for Optimus Prime. Um, We also got a big, way too close to the camera picture of the new Optimus Prime model's face, which is wonderful because the video it's in is just the spookiest video you could possibly make for this face. It's staring into your soul with straight up purple, tiny dilated irises. Uh, and what I would call a straight-up smear of blood across one of his cheeks. 
Um, some have said paint, and uh, no, it's just his paint worn out because, like, the blue is all worn out because uh, he doesn't know a good paint shop in space because he's the last night in space because he flew off in his rocket boots. The fact that that because tr- he doesn't fly because it's only just recently that we've gotten a. Optimus Prime that flies. The fact that that teaser had just the spookiest atmosphere to it is giving me all these hopes that they're just going to continue to cater to me uh, with with this characterization of Optimus Prime. Oh, of course. Um, so before we move on to the two casting announcements, well, one and a half announcements, um, how are you guys feeling about the title, the logo, and our new look at Optimus Prime? TJ, you go first because you are way into these, is the thing I always say. Oh, yeah. I'm so into them. Uh, the logo itself is just, eh. And I, I don't know. I think uh, I, I've seen swords going through logos since the old Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda. It's a little bit played out. Oh, there's a collage. That's been, I think I retweeted a copy of a collage that went around of here's a pile of logos with swords sticking through the middle. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed that the the new title was not another blank of blank. There's still time. Last night, working title. The last of night. Night of the last. Yeah. <laughs> There's still plenty of... There are plenty of ways to add superfluous articles to that title. Because there's almost something in my head going, at least, like, we have some semblance of, like, consistency. Like, it might be the one <laughs> thing the movies are consistent about, but at least it's something that's consistent. But I'm cool with changing consistency. Because, I mean, like, the last film changed a whole lot of status quo in a great way. Uh, better music, more just angry Optimus. <laughs> no, but it's yeah, no, it's it's what it is. Like at, at least at least they're trying something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aaron, the logo, the title, the Optimus face. How you feeling? So you know. There's a time where, you know, it's a word I use a lot when we talk about this sort of stuff. Greebles and Optimus' face is made of, like, layers and layers and layers of layers. It looks like a spaceship. Oh. <laughs> it, it looks like, not like a spaceship like what mankind does, but, like, if you took the Independence Day alien spaceship and hit it with a paintbrush... Because it's like the, his no, like the top of his faceplate thing. There's multiple, like shelving layers through things. It's like a, um, what is it, like the grow your own crystal set? Yeah, and it's just arranged with all the different planes of things in different angles. And while there's a part of it, like design wise, it's cool because he's a robot. These are mechanical beings, so like organic stuff doesn't necessarily mean anything. So yeah, it'd be layers. But at the same time, it it's way too much and way too busy. Yeah, and that thought process... If, if, if like, that's the thing that it ends up being in the movie, that's yeah. way too far. Because there's also the different idea of, like, hey, this is a teaser thing that's supposed to get you excited. So we're showing that we're, you know, really putting detail and thought into things and, yeah. and trying to, to get that with this image versus, you know, and it's always the, you know, super hyper-analyzed, like... It could just be a design picture. Everything. Yeah, this is a design picture. Yeah. This is what we're looking for. You know, maybe this is part of something that's bigger that some 
you know, concept art guy really went through and it was like more to show the splash of colors like Prime's been rough and tumble and hasn't gotten the chance to like go touch up the paint. So it's, you know, just whatever. <laughs> Where's there. that scene been in the last four movies? Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to just comment on that, you know, that design um, principle you were talking about, about how they're alien and etc. Did you guys know that that design principle is now a decade old? Yeah. Oh, oh like God. we've gone past the point of being able to say, well, they're trying to do a fresh take on things. No, that that take is, is now a decade old, at least like it's not actually fresh anymore. I am astounded that that's still the aesthetic to some degree. Like on the one hand, these movies make a lot of money. Why change too much of a thing that's working? But in a in a field that's all about wanting to reinvent stuff and put your own mark on it. This aesthetic is 10 years old. That's crazy. Especially in Transformers. This it's been it's been nearly a decade of people having this unending discussion about the movies and their impact mm. and etc. Like we went through this with Beast Machines, but like this is it's it's all happening again. Where I'm like, man, I kept thinking those conversations were new to the fandom, but they're not. We've just been doing them for ten years. We've been, oh, we've always had it, you know. From, you know, I'm sure before the internet was even a thing, people were having discussions about like how weird the colors were getting in G2, mm-hmm. then what the designs yeah. look like in Beast Wars, and then Beast Machines. But it's generational. It's like, this is the new thing, and this is the new aesthetic, and isn't this horrible? And this is just the, this is just the one of the first times where, oh wait, now it's making a billion dollars, so let's keep the aesthetic for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy because you talk to Joe Public and the conversation is still going to be very much like the one from 2007. Like, I don't know about that new movie aesthetic. They look a bit too bitty, bitty PC. They're they're not they're not nice and smooth like my old robots. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really old conversation. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not saying that it has to be like flat panels from a cartoon, but I think that there's just for the eye. For, like, the human eye's sake, there's a level that... Well, I thought that if we got 10 years of these movies, by year 10, it would have gone in the other direction. Like, I thought that if these movies kept happening, there would be creative changeover in them. And then we'd see the polar opposite of whatever had been coming out before. But, like, we still have the same director, even. And a whole bunch of the same names attached. So... It's just been this weird decade-long, like, halfways holding pattern that's drifting in a direction from movie to movie. So weird to mm-hmm. think about. Um, and then moving on to the, the other end of this. Wait. Oh, wait, did I cut someone off? Well, well, I, 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 was, I was just going to reiterate a few points here. Like, the only the only thing I ever took away from the face and the thing I've been hearing about is, like, what do you think of Nemesis Prime? Yeah, <laughs> um, um, his eyes are purple. Is that what you mean? Um, There's a lot of people reading a lot into those purple eyes, and I'm not saying that they don't mean something, but I found that in the last ten years, promotional material for these films does not 
create fruitful, dissectable discussion after the movie comes out. Like, it's it's fruitful and dissectable, but when the movie comes out, often it's realized, oh, that was kind of all for nothing. Oh, yeah. So, I, I'm i not saying don't read into the purple eyes, I'm just saying don't, <laughs> don't expect all of your hypotheses to bear fruit when the movie is on screen. Now that you've said that, I was going to say, I'll I'll give your little blood smear a little bit of credit and remind you, Prime never had red on his face or helmet. I mean, that's really the first, that's why I, I actually thought it was supposed to be a blood a blood smear on his face, because yeah. that spot's never well, the, red. The one, the one side almost looks like it's a take on the, like his, what would be his right cheek, as we're looking at his left, yeah. has red and blue, kind of like his flames. Yeah, yeah. So I can see it just being a continuation of the color. They just did the whole color splotches up against it like an interior designer. I think, though, at a glance, like, let's let's take our knowledge of, you know, this whole franchise out for a second. You just look at this picture at a glance. That looks like a dude with blood splattered on his face. Yeah. And I think very purposefully. And so between that and the purple eyes, I do get this feeling that, like, are they going to push Optimus even farther down the hole that I want them to push him down? Like... I don't know. I don't want to have hopes, but we'll see. Um, anyway, we have a confirmation that actor Josh Duhamel from the original trilogy, because I can say that now, is going to be apparently coming back in Transformers 5, reprising his role, and thus being, I think, the very first human character to cross the threshold from the first three movies to these next three movies. Because no one else crossed over in movie four, as far as I recall. Um, oh, and then, uh, so while we have this confirmation of Josh Duhamel, we have a consideration for Tyrese Gibson, who apparently is not confirmed to be in the movie, but they're thinking about it. And that seems like a weird thing to announce. Oh well, yeah. At the same time, <laughs> was, did they say that? Because I'm trying to remember which way I saw the story. The first story was Josh Duhamel is confirmed, according to the Instagram right. account. The second story is in a separate video clip. Um, Tyrese Gibson is being considered. Considered. Okay. And I'm just like, so I, I wonder if that was something that was in response where somebody said, well, you got Josh back. What about Tyrese? Even so. And that's like the response of like, well, no, but you're not going to say no. But you just don't reply until you have a confirmation. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it seems ca- as a public statement, it comes off kind of cold. The, the Internet's weird, man. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. And it's a da- it's when, probably when a, you're a director. The, the, probably the thought was it was like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, they're not I, saying anything about Tyrese. He must hate him. I think that you're attributing a level of of interaction to this though that isn't yeah, really there true. like if we were talking about about websites i would agree with you but if yeah. it's michael bay putting video clips on an instagram account i don't think it is taking into account like oh should i reply to these guys or not um yeah. uh, unless he literally said that in the video clip because i haven't watched it uh yeah i, I was trying to find it directly <laughs> and i can't i just see all the things written about it yeah i just thought it was funny because I, I mean the fact he's saying considered that probably means he will because I doubt Tyrese Gibson is gonna like hold them ransom as far as like taking part. I've never seen Tyrese Gibson. Look, I I get to be a part of it, and you'll give me food while I'm there. Yeah, I've, all right. I've never seen him as an actor act above working on a kind of schlocky movie like this. Like he's he's just up for having a good time. He's got plenty of good stories about working on three. Like I'm sure he'll be back in it. 
The main thing is, though, with the turn that these movies have taken, it's legitimately kind of interesting to think about what the story would be for those two former Nest members as far as the script. Because they would be in a very weird position given how the entire government turned on the Transformers between movies three and four. So it would make you wonder, yeah, like, what they were... Didn't they peel out of it, though? Because wasn't in three they were... They were. Like, they were kind of hinted at being, like, their own thing, or at least Tyrese was. Yeah. But nonetheless, like, there's this, there's that weird null period between movies three and four that doesn't even, I think, have comic books halfways factually talking about what fictionally happened. So, I don't know. My hope, which I understand is not everyone's hope, I kind of want it to be revealed that Josh Duhamel was, like, totally a founding member of Cemetery Wind, because he was like... These are my friends, and if someone has to kill them, it's going to be me. And so he, like, old yellered all of them or something. <laughs> That's what I want to have happen. I want this to... I want returning characters from the original trilogy to just be unforgivable, horrible people if they return to these movies. So they just follow the trend of all the other characters. But that's my hope, which I know is not everyone's hope. Um, do you guys have hopes for Josh Duhamel and, and, and hypothetical Tyrese Gibson? It would be neat to see them back together. Yeah, Josh Duhamel deserves better than what he got in the original trilogy. Like, he was... Like, the Mark Wahlberg character is what I always had kind of hoped Josh Duhamel's character would be. Mm -hmm. And um, the original trilogy trying to have the kid character in Shia LaBeouf, I think, kind of screwed him out of having much of a role whatsoever past, like, the first half of the first movie. <laughs> so... That'd be kind of cool. TJ, do you have any hopes? Just um, dot? Just any hopes, period? Uh, any hopes? Well, kind of like a new car. That'd be nice. That's um, a good hope. Uh, for Josh himself, uh, I kind of want to see him do something different. Like, mm -hmm. one of the elements that I was happy to do away with for Age of Extinction was the military element. I agree. I worry that if him and Tyrese come back, that we're going to go back to sol soldiers and missiles and, you know, Decepticons dying by being shot in the crotch a lot. My hope is that if they come back, it's not as military guys. It's as like mercs or something. Just some mercs? something where they don't have the power of the U.S. military at their disposal, because that's what what if they're helping Transformers to hide? I mean, that's probably what actually will be the story. I just hope it, that it turns out Josh Duhamel's a villain somehow. But, I mean, I, I would imagine if Tyrese is back in it, unless they confirmed him dead, you'd say, oh, Tyrese was hiding out with Sideswipe the entire time because he loves that car. Mm -hmm. And then I shrugged right after I said that because I don't know. It makes sense to me. Well, we hit a reset button, remember? So, like, apparently that was all that was left. Everyone else is dead. What if they come back and they're from the timeline of the first three movies and then they come into the fifth movie saying, yo, guys, this is an alternate dimension and you're all being deceived and it goes totally like Terminator Genesis. Oh, God, that would be legitimately exciting. Um, I don't know if I want to cross streams like this. And then it turns out no, nah, I. I I was going to try to work on a Ghostbusters thing, but I actually had nothing. You just said cross streams. And I was like, Ghostbusters! And that's as far as I got. Um, 
yeah, we'll see what happens. But it's it's there's these these news bits I've assembled here all resulted in me being way more interested in an announcement of a fifth movie than I thought I would be, given its imminent announcement anyway. So we're probably not going to, as with the last, what, two movies, we're probably not going to report on each and every single news item about the film because those tend to get into extremely granular minutiae that are, I would say, wholly undiscussable past saying that they happened. So... Plus, it sometimes gets into spoiler stuff that... Do we... Dude, I don't really care anymore. Yeah, uh... Well, I, I know, but there may be people that listen to it, to us that would care, and then if we make a big deal out of, like, spoilers, spoilers, it'll put them off the show versus just yeah. whatever. I don't even know if there are any listeners who care. <laughs> Do we actually have listeners? That's the scary thing. I don't even thing. know if we actually have listeners. What if we're just recording this? <laughs> what if an AI has been listening this whole time? <laughs> well, I'm sure it has been. Yeah. And I'm glad for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? A great overlord is a listening overlord. Mm-hmm. And the kind of person that overlord would spare and perhaps even put in a position of power would be someone who appreciates that overlord who is a robot. I have a listener question for us. Just to swerve completely away from this movie talk. Okay. This comes from Spine98, who says, Hello, Evangelist and crew. Since the Titans Return line seems to include all the quote-unquote masters, target masters, headmasters, power masters, it seems like Hasbro's moving toward the later G1 stuff. Do you think Hasbro will ever hit classic versions of Pretenders? Is that something you'd want to see, or do you feel it a waste? Thanks. Uh, this is the direction that I think is the most hypothesized direction for the line after Titan's return in Generations, the third part of the Prime Wars trilogy, if you will. Everyone's first thought is, oh, I guess they'll do Pretenders. Um, So, they've done Pretender characters as Transformers. I think that doing Pretenders with the old Pretender gimmick is still incredibly unlikely in Generations. I think doing Pretenders as either Transformers or with a new permutation of the Pretenders gimmick seems more likely, if that's going to happen. Like, not just a shell that a simple robot is in, but, for instance, it could, say, focus on a large vehicle that opens up into a, a Transforms Action Master style into a vehicle for a robot hidden inside of it to pilot, and that robot can also turn into a vehicle himself. Like, were they the Mega Pretenders, the ones who did that? Yep, yeah. Mega and Ultra. Yeah, like, I think Mega and Ultra Pretenders, potentially, could be the ones that would be hit on this. Or, yeah, like, the the Pretenders whose shells transform themselves, like Thunderwing. That stuff seems like if they're going to do Pretenders slavishly, that's how it would happen. I would also be prepared to see, as with Titans Return, where it's kind of just everyone's a headmaster. They might just pull a version of a gimmick out that could suit Pretenders and make that the version that we get in Generations. I think that would not be a bad thing myself. Um, but pretenders are so esoteric and also so very limiting that I'm curious if that's actually where they would go or not. But, um, Aaron, what do you think about Generations pretenders? Um, I don't think that pretenders would get their own line. Like, I'm with you. I could see maybe, uh, like a, um, a, a robot inside of robot or car inside of car type of thing where it has a little bit of the layer idea, but having something like a static shell 
even with like modern toy technology, so it's not static so much, but you know, maybe a minimally articulated shell with something else inside of it, it kind of loses what I think they've been doing a very good job of in the last few years of like all the parts have a place mm-hmm. through everything. So there's not, there's less odds of getting a gun lost because it doesn't do anything or, you know, like they're showing really well with all of this is that, you know, okay, all the headmaster toys all have a good integration for the head and other things for the head to be doing. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's got a than, gun with a chair on it, for instance. Right. Rather than something that just kind of goes away. Yeah. And I, you know, if they were just to, to permutate it, permutate it off of like Mega and Ultra Pretenders, I mean, look at the Titans Return. Every Voyager is a triple changer, and that's just a Voyager thing. Like maybe it would be every leader toy is a Mega Pretender, and that's the Pretenders content. But then everyone else is some other gimmick, or vice versa. Uh, TJ, what do you think about the idea or possibility of Pretenders in Generations? Um, I see it as a very low possibility. Pretenders is. It, it it is one of the more eclectic transformer concepts in the first place. It is something that not a lot of collectors have the nostalgia for. Like we've we've mentioned before on this, where it seems like our current iterations of generations for the last couple of years kind of gleaned its market off of what third party does, and there's nothing that really says that pretenders is something that you know, uh, that would have a collector demand to run an entire mass produced line on. Like, I, th- I think we mentioned before is that like the nostalgia for such things only goes so far before you just kind of run dry on people who re- really remember the characters and the designs and go, Oh, I really want that. Like outside of your, like, you know, your thunder wing and bludgeon, and, like big standouts. That's where, that's where I think that the pretenders could happen, but just as voyagers or leaders, so it's just yeah. Thunderwing and Bludgeon, for instance, and Metalhawk, maybe. Yeah, well, the other thing is, like, if you look at how toys are right now and how much more expensive toys have been getting, I, I don't see something like Pretenders happening simply because of the cost that would go into it. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like the yeah. classic gimmick, right? Uh, yeah, like, look at what you got right now with, um, say, for instance, the R- the R.I.D. Armored figures, mm-hmm. uh-huh. where... 50, you know, 15 bucks gets you, you know, your core, your core figure, your little minicon and a bunch of armor to clip on. Well, if you're talking classic pretender style gimmick, you're talking about armor and shell that has to go around the whole thing. So there goes the minicon budget. And that's about the size of your generations toy you're going to get for 15 bucks. You just put the idea in my head inadvertently, I think, of what if. Again, another permutation you could do of this. Let's take, you know, your bludgeon, for instance. You have a tiny, you have a small transformer who turns into a tank. And then you have, like, this exosuit he puts on that looks like skeleton bludgeon. And when he's in tank mode, that exoskeleton can just sort of reform around the tank. I don't know, like, instead of the shell being a straight-up shell, it's just more like um, Energon Landquake. Landquake? The orange one. Landmine. Um, oh. Landmine. Land yeah, Energon Landmine. Land stupid names. All these stupid names. Same, well, you, got, you had the same mold. You had yeah. the same mold. But uh, some, something two, like him, like with a brute mode almost. Uh, there's two iterations I could think of. Uh, one would be more akin to the mutant head gimmick where the robots would... 
be kind of similar to the shell itself, which is much more identifiable than the core robots. Mm-hmm. But something that could have like like the way Waspinator's old mutant head worked, where you, you kind of open up a panel, flip the head around, and now here's something more robotic, here's something more human. Yeah. And you have an option. And the other iteration is something kind of what we have now, but more akin to the way Brave lines did their core figures that plugged into a robot. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so you have, like, a Titan master size guy that did have, like, a little, like, very simple type of robot mode. But, you know, we've seen it with, like, Creon how easy it is to make a little thing that looks like a robot. And then just, you know, plug in, you know, plug into the back to flip up the head or something like that. I, I mean, you know, Leader Ultra Magnus being a great example of, like, a prototype of that. Like, the Minimus yeah. Ambus thing. You know, because I think that the main thing to think about is how does it build off of toys that already exist? Um, to me, like small figures as partners seem like a thing that would work for pretenders. I think that would also work for micromasters, which I think is more likely to be a theme of, of the third part of Prime Wars. Well, if you think of it this way, if you do run a gimmick where, you know, you have these little pretender figures that plug into a figure like Brave style, you know, and they're just like the little core unit that fills up the gap in the back or completes the chest to, you know, complete the robot if that little thing does have its own little tiny vehicle mode you've got your like the same kind of uh sales gimmick you've got right now where you have individual titan masters on their own there's mm. your micro master teams yeah you know it's the same size same little working simple vehicle mode gimmick and i mean um you know we know that it's not a 100 percent thing here but in the uh Margaret Scott's side of IDW Transformers, Micromasters have been introduced as one of the Council of Worlds planets. Uh, not like specifically, it's my, the the what I can't remember what they're called. Though. Micromaster combiners is that just what they were called? You know the the little pairs of Micromasters who would form one vehicle. Oh, oh. man, I'm trying to remember. What I think they were, were just called Micromasters combiners. Yeah, they were just Micromasters. Yeah. yeah. Um. So th- those guys are a planet that has shown up in uh you know the Windblade ongoing and are part of the Council of Worlds. They'll be until all are one. So like they exist in the fiction that is the closest to being like a generations fiction. So like you know the groundwork is there if Micromasters were to be a thing, and Pretender technology has existed in IDW since way 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 back. So. You know, there's stuff there. You just got to think about, like, you got to do what we just did and think about not just the old gimmick, but how does the old gimmick be represented in something more akin to what we have right now? And and also do all of this and then be completely prepared for things to not even go, like, in any way you thought feasible. Like, an entire line of headmasters, I even during Combiner Wars, I wouldn't have believed you at the time. I'd have been like, no, maybe they'll do, like, one, like, Brainstorm, but they can't do a whole line like that, but they're doing a whole line like that, so... See what happens in 2018, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I hope that answered your question. Uh, Spying 98. Do you guys want to go straight into what we got this week? Uh, it's going to be real easy to do that on this front. Yep, because you guys warned me. So Aaron and TJ both tried real hard to get a Victorian this week. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to have it for my birthday on Wednesday, and then... The day after my birthday, that's okay, and then today, and now it might be tomorrow. I'm terribly sorry. Like, hearing you both, like, Aaron, I think it was what, Aaron, you told me, and then TJ, you were just yeah. like, yep, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Aaron was supposed to get his on his birthday, and the post office slowed him down. I 
I had a gift card to Target that took the edge off of that price, mm-hmm. but uh, man, they took their sweet time getting that thing off to FedEx. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so anyway, we tr- turns out uh, without without me having any input that my hosts tried real hard to get you some fresh Victorian talk for this week, but. On the bright side, they will certainly have Victorian within the next two weeks, unless something really bad happens. Yeah, yeah, don't don't start that talk, son. <laughs> don't don't jinx it. Um, aside from like, did either of you guys find any Transformer stuff aside from? Yeah. Okay, easy did. I did. All right, Aaron, what'd you yeah. do? What'd you do? Thunderhoof and Quillfire. Ooh, American Ooh. ones. Yeah. All right. Um. Holy cow! Thunderhoof just kind of turns himself inside out to transform. Yeah. Uh huh. I was amazed because I'd not I'd not seen much about him, and then saw him in stores. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll pick that up. You still have Steel the, Jaw, right? Yes. Those toys are in the same line and the same price point. Think about yeah. that for a second. Yeah, they've they've figured things out <laughs> for sure. Um, no, I was really amazed at just how like the fact that his toes are just kind of hanging out behind his head because he just folds himself in to like thirds and then collapses yeah um quill fire w- was also good um but thunderhoof of the two of the wave was the uh much better one you found quill fire's neck joint right yeah isn't that crazy yeah, and and it it amazed me the first time i found it because the way that it's packaged he's like almost looking entirely down so it was after a couple transformations i was sitting there messing with him like man it'd be neat if he could turn his he can turn his yeah head. It's, you have that realization of oh that's the entire reason that ball joint is there yeah like it i i i actually spent a transformation and a half thinking that ball joint was just part of the transformation yeah and he has an articulated jaw yeah like i was yeah it was it was good um I've had to fight every time I want to pull out his big quill from where it sits inside of his, like, like he's, jammed he's in got, real, like, his, real tight? Yeah, just because it's it's tight around the peg into the hole, mm. and there's just not a whole lot to get a hold of when you have it seated all the way in. DJ, do you have that problem with yours? Um, I have an import one, so I don't know about your domestic troubles. <laughs> I don't know. Mine was actually quite smooth. Like I, I, mine didn't really have any issues. Yeah, it's it's like a case of it fits very well. Mm. It might be doing that um, thing. I don't actually know if it's possible with that setup. I don't have cool fire near me. Sometimes with pegs that are just tight enough, they form a vacuum. I find, but it depends how much yeah, airspace. Well, it's they not have. vacuum because that whole section can hinge. Okay. Because all the quills, when you get it out of the box, the quills are like folded down. Even though that's not like a transformation joint or anything, I think it's specifically like a joint that was put in to help with packaging. Hmm. Like just a way to make him not as thick. Um, but yeah, I was I, I was very surprised when I saw them because it was like the day after or two days after the front page item went up of like, oh, uh, now showing up in stores and. Was, and I went to a Walmart that the the Walmart in West Lafayette is one that is uh, pretty close to campus, and it has just a tiny toy section altogether. You know, Transformers has two vertical stripes basically, and it was like, okay, it's all the oh whoa 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 
Yeah, and what are these? And they're co- these are these are new. They're toys. colorful too, compared to like like they stick out. It's like this blue guy with antlers and a big dumpy brown guy, and right. with a, with an underbite jaw, and it's like. You know, that lion, the thing I really like about Rid as a lion with the warrior toys, like, the colors pop off the shelf. Like, you know a toy mm-hmm. when you see it. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm also really glad that you're sticking with it, too. Like, I mean, we've all been picking them up, but the general older collector populace, I find, like, kind of let Rid go. And so I feel almost a responsibility to yeah, talk about there's... it when it gets good again. I, I've seen people kind of do the bad thing of saying, like, oh, it's just the dumb kid's line not my Transformers type of reactions, you know? Yeah, and aesthetically, if you don't care about it, there's nothing you can do, really, because that's the way they look. Yeah. But as toys, that warrior line has really come into its own. Like, it, it's suffering because its budget feels to me like it's lower than a deluxe budget by a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, Thunderhoof, I would say, is actually a toy that's suffering because that's a toy that's that's crying out to be a Voyager. It desperately... Now, dude, it's it's perfect the way that it is. I know, but it desperately... Like, if you look at him from the Shut back... Shut your mouth! Look at him from the back. There's so much stuff where he's... Like, he is stretching the limit of his budget. And also, the character's supposed to be a bit taller anyway. So it's like... That toy is just a designer going like, Frigging, give us a Voyager price point on my frigging rid line. I, I will stuff this toy into a warrior price point, And you're gonna know it! Um... Because it is a beautiful toy, as far as the transformation, like it's it's great. It's yeah. I feel very happy about Thunderhoof. But and and the thing is, it it's pretty intuitive of a transformation too. Once you've done it once, yeah, it kind it has a good like step by step by step memory feel type of of change to and it. And in the vehicle mode where he needs it the most, there are very obvious locking tabs for everything, mm-hmm. which just it, that that's what guides you into that vehicle mode the first time. Um. Just but like look at the Thunderhoof and just imagine if whoever designed that got to design that as like a twenty five dollar toy instead. Yeah, it's like I'll, god damn. I'll, I'll follow that logic. I, that's, guess. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. Like that toy is a is an amazing warrior toy that deserves to be an amazing Voyager toy, and I, I wish that that was even a possibility. But yeah, I'm glad you picked those up. Uh, anything else on your end, Transformers wise? Um, I also got the, uh, oh, whatever the line is in Japan, Kabaya of the the robots in disguise. Um, that I started building the first one of before we started the show, where it's the, oh, I forget their Japanese name, but the 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 two in one package that's fix it and um, wow, I'm horrible with names. I Underbite. Need a- Underbite. I need a picture. I didn't know. Wait, Kabaya Rid? Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me try and find. I thought for a second you were talking about because there's a Kabaya like. Kabaya Adventure. Yeah. Kabaya Adventure. I need to take. Oh, wait. I found it. Weird. I just missed that these exist. Yeah, no. Um, Chuck Dog on Twitter. Uh, we've We've kind of cut these deals before. Yeah. Um, he was like, "Hey, are you looking for these?" I was like, "I wasn't, but what 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 are we talking here?" And uh, did a good job, uh, did a good price on it. <laughs> but uh, I opened those up. It's pretty much a uh, paper craft kit that has plastic inside of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, be- well, because it does the thing where, okay, so it's it's Kabaya, 
so there are four mold, mold colors, right? Yeah. You know, there's the yellow of Bumblebee, there's the green of Grinlock, there's the red and blue of Optimus Prime. And so then Fix-It is the Optimus Prime red, and Underbite is green and blue from Optimus Prime. Weird. And then it's it's a huge sticker sheet. God that damn. has the massive folding stickers that go around it. If you look at my Twitter, I think I put an image up. Yeah, because I'm looking at these promotional pictures. And then as you were talking about the, the plastic colors, I was like, well, that can't be right. Because Underbite yeah. is purple. Oh, yeah, wow. Underbite's purple. <laughs> yeah, this, this sheet is like half purple metallic sticker paper. Man, uh, are they are they fun little builds? Um, I've, like I said, I just barely got started, uh, before pizza showed up and then I came in here to do this. Mm. Um, they're, they're Kabaya builds. So fix it's like two points of articulation and it's his arms. Yeah. Um, it's the way that these are. It's not, it's not like Gundam builds where it's whole layers of stuff. But it's like, it's your on par Kabaya experience. Yeah. It's, it's a Kabaya experience is what it looks like. It's not one of the big crazy combiner ones. It's not one of the like three part, four part, you know, $40 by the time you're said and done ones. Hmm. I, I I don't know how I missed that those existed at all. I thought you were, t- cause Kabaya has another line that just came out of like, it's like an Optimus, Bumblebee, Starscream, and I think Megatron, but they can all combine together, and they're all kind of original designs. Yeah, he he also asked about that, and I thought the combined mode looked like it's it's like not an intentional combined mode. It's just this is right. the, we put. It's like the the Zord Builder Power Ranger stuff. What was it the what were they the the Block Wars? Yeah, Block Wars. Like it's just yeah. that's just like Zord Builder Transformers, and you know you can make them look like a combined robot, but it it doesn't feel like design intent um man maybe i don't know that looks like it look the chest the starscream chest plates the part where i'm kind of like a design intent version of that would i think just look a touch smoother on the chest yeah maybe but i i'm trying to not be super picky on the combia toys as well like there's a limitation on those yeah um, also, Alfie tried her first piece of Kabaya gum, and it lasted about four seconds. Uh, then what? She swallowed it or spat it out? <laughs> no, it was just like, oh, mm, oh, what did? Which you? Uh, what? I was like, that's about what I expected. Yeah, you know, when you live stream Kabaya kits, people constantly go, "Why aren't you eating the gum?" It's like because I I've tried it. That's why I'm not eating it. <laughs> also, these kits yeah. are like three years old. What do you think I am? <laughs> That gum's got to be at least eight before it's any good. You know, they, at least, I mean, they don't try too hard. Like, if I were in their position, I'd be like, hey, put the gums part of the integral experience, you scumbag. This isn't a real stream. Are those kits actually made out of candy? Why aren't you eating them? Yeah. So, you know, viewers aren't trying hard enough. But, man, like, like the moment people see gum in a, in a model kit on a live stream, they just start going, like, you're going you're gonna to eat that? You should eat that on camera. It's like, you don't want to watch me chew. Nobody looks yeah, nice when they chew. <laughs> um, but anything else on your end, Transformers wise? Uh, Transformers wise, no. All right, let's swing the gavel over, TJ. Aside from an errant Victorion, did you have any other Transformers gets this week? Not a one. Blam. Uh, I don't either. I, yeah, I, I'm completely caught up until Titans start dropping. I am tempted. There's a weekend sale. I'm kind of tempted. 
because I could get them for 30 Canadian each to go and see if I can find Leader Starscream and Leader Skywarp this weekend. Because I have Leader Thundercracker. Uh, that's a motorcycle. That's not a jet. Um, and I, I had this vision in my head now that they're on sale. I was like, well, if I have the Leader Seekers and I have Leader Megatron, then when Titan's Leader Soundwave comes out, I'd have the whole Megatron hierarchy in, like, kind of dumb blocky form. Maybe I should do it. So I don't know if I will. But, uh, yeah, nothing new on my end either. And I talked about Make Toys Pandanus last week, I believe. So I'm all caught up as well. What do you know? Um, Aaron, you sounded like you had something else to talk about that was perhaps off topic. I do. I have a few things. Man, all right. It's the Aaron show this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for my birthday, Kristen also got me a couple of Gundam kits. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got me the, what is it, the uh, Kimiki Burning Gundam that I opened it up uh, before I came in here, and half of the sprues are transparent orange or blue plastic. Ooh. And that is awesome. She did, I'm like, no, this is great. She's like, yeah, okay, you're just humoring me. I'm like, no, transparent plastic is <laughs> It looks like but, candy, and I'm going to eat it. Yeah. No, but so it, it has... Um, like the majority of it is this transparent orange plastic that's supposed to be various flame things, and it shows it being like a flame halo, or a, you can rearrange it as like just like the burning twirling flames around it, or all all the different ways that you can attach that. It'll look it looks like it'll be a pretty fun uh, thing to build and go through. But uh, the the big one that I've been working on and uh, kind of been doing it for myself after doing a whole bunch of big Lego builds for for the internet is the uh, brick bank. I'm about halfway through that. Ooh. Um, I had that waiting on me. I was going to ask you like what the halfway point is like, but I mean, I watched the designer video, so I kind of like, there's no surprises left. The the halfway point is the first floor. Hmm. So bags one and two are the first floor and then three and four, are the second floor and then the roof. But no, it it was really neat. Um, I like the fact that, they have the so the the thing I brought in to remind me was the laundromat wall slash safe deposit box where you can launder money. Yeah, that's the that's the moment I kind of wish they didn't blow. Yeah, I'm like I understand the point of a promotional video and you know you got to, but I kind of wish you didn't got it because that would have been such a fun like like to put that pun together as you're putting it yeah. together would have been pretty cool. Yeah, but it was yeah it. It would have been very difficult to figure out what you were building, yeah. Until you got most of the way up, because it's it like from one side it is basically just safe deposit boxes, and you got like coins in one and bills in another, and then like a couple ruby pieces in there, and you build a little coin sorter thing that sits on the side, and then the, once it was finally up to the top, where oh, you're building the channel part going through this hole in the middle. But, like, then, what if you didn't boom. know, and, and I almost think it's even better if you're doing this thing where you're like, wait, am I doing this right? And, like, double-checking right. the instructions, go like, no, this is by intent. What's happening here? You know? Like, but it was, it's, it's been fun so far. Um, I still have to work the, the chunk through the middle that's the breaking in scene. Mm. But uh, that's, I think, about it for me and my off-topic. Already a gods. TJ, what about you? Any off topic gigets? Uh no. Just this this big Victorian shaped hole. <laughs> well, 
part of me part of me is still bleeding for how much I how much it costs to redo the room. So that's pretty much where the toy budget went. Uh, aside from that, the off-topic stuff I'm looking forward to, only three-quarters of it came in stock anywhere, so I don't want to ship it yet. Ugh. Oh, the Machine Robos! Yeah, for those who don't know, those Machine Robo toys, I think we flipped out about them on here at least briefly, uh, came out, but Bike Robo got delayed. So the other three uh, came out. Uh, In-hand reviews of them, Rewind on TFW2005, posted a whole lot in the thread on the Toy Arc sub forum. Um, and other people are getting them in hand, and the reports are really good. It sounds like they're all really good toys. Mm -hmm. um, Piaw got his Eagle Robo. He just posted a Twitter picture of, like, Rewind showed this as well. Um, the Eagle Robo's jet mode, the underside, is, like, cleaner than a Masterpiece Seeker. And that toy is, like, slightly... Sh he's like a small deluxe with a gorgeous jet mode. And um, a lot of people are describing the feel as very make toys especially on Eagle Robo. So the rumor that this is a project being done by the the Make Toys guy is starting to it's really starting to pan out. Um, for folks like, especially for you, TJ, like someone who doesn't really buy a lot of Make Toys stuff, I think it's kind of, if that's true, this is like a fantastic way to discover one of the best designers working on that stuff right now. In my opinion, mm -hmm. anyway. Like just a guy, whoever it is, a guy, I don't even know if it's a guy. The Make Toys designer, the prime one, has this aesthetic that just works at the four to five inch scale. Um, I say that whilst finishing a review of this gigantic thing, possibly by the same designer, but the, like they, uh, they just, they, they get how to do the small deluxe size robot that actually costs like 50 bucks. Cause there's so many moving parts, but yeah, I'm going to stop talking about toys. I don't have, cause I don't, I don't have them <laughs> in hand either. <laughs> uh, I got something off topic. Um, you guys, I think, were the ones I talked to about those Vitruvian hacks that I picked up to tide me over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to send you an Instagram picture or three. My box came with everything. Uh, I was I was watching your video oh, as we were waiting to start. So I was an all-in backer. So back when this Kickstarter happened, I backed for rewards of you know a couple hundred bucks. And then a few months passed. They were delayed getting their, not backer kit in this case, they used Fundiful for the, you know, after a Kickstarter where there's lots of stretch goals, the kind of mm -hmm. a la carte to add them to your order. Since they took a while to get that going, when I started to fill out the Fundiful, I was like, wait, I'm like 80 bucks away from just changing to an all-in order. So I just changed to an all-in order. But because I'd already added some other rewards, I also had $80 spare that I'd already paid aside from upgrading to an all-in. So then I doubled up on all the snake ladies as well. Um, so yeah, I, and since I was in, an international, uh, the American backers got five figures in two blanks a couple months ago. Internationals like me were given the option, since it's more expensive to ship to us, to either get that as well or get a bonus figure and then get all of our stuff when all the rest of it came in post-Chinese New Year. So I opted for that to get a second Medusa so I could give her like a double length tail eventually. And yeah, so that's the all in picture and those other pictures. I linked you. Oh, just one other picture so far. Uh, -huh. uh yeah, it's just a close up of Medusa. That's like one of the main figures. This picture I'm going to link you is one of the blanks and one of the skeletons. And that's like a, they're all like GI Joe ish scale. The skeleton was like, I think one of the final stretch goals, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a really neat figure. It's incredibly thin. Like, the skeleton is pushing the limit of what that plastic is able to do. 
Um, I th- and that's posable, right? Yeah, it's fully posable. Like double jointed knees, single jointed elbow. Like it's as posable as a GI Joe, basically. Nice with a moving jaw. Um, and uh, so the skeletons are the ones where you need to have kid gloves when you're operating that because, like, if a joint gets stuck, it's thin enough that something might break. Um, but the non-skeletons are like wonderful. I, I talked about it already. Like they have the tactile feel on them is incredible. Um, so I just I haven't even gone through all the figures. Like I just I shot that video um, this weekend after I finished with Pandanus. I'm gonna go through and double check all the figures because apparently that's a thing I should be doing. And I'm gonna definitely like sit down with every skeleton and make sure they all work without breaking because they feel like the toy that you need to just check as soon as you get it. But um, the skeletons are also on the cheaper end as far as like buying things. The skeletons and the blanks are generally like I think twelve or thirteen bucks each off of the boss fight shop. And uh, that is currently the only place to get any of this stuff. And they are apparently basically done shipping out Kickstarter stuff. So they're not going to start shipping out people who pre-ordered stuff aside from the Kickstarter. And that means if you order something off there, it'll probably ship to you not immediately. But you're not going to be waiting the way that we backers waited. Um, But yeah, the end result is great. It is very satisfying opening up that box. I know there there are lots of conversations about how long the Kickstarter took. I've always been of the school of thought, like the Kickstarter ended in mid 2014 and they blasted like their Kickstarter was to make five figures. They ended up making, I think, 40 some 30, like 35 to 40 some. I can't quite remember now off the top of my head. Um, I anticipated a delay when they hit like 20 different stretch goals. So I was very impatient. Of course, I wanted the figures right away. I'm not really that salty about how long it took because the their original projected dates were for making a wave of five figures in a Kickstarter exclusive, and that that became a very different reality by the end. And then I learned later on Kickstarter you can't change the dates on your stretch goal or on your um on your rewards once you start the campaign. So oh. that that explains a whole lot to me because I was like, do these people really think they can make all of these still in eight months? Because <laughs> they can't, and I don't even work in toys. Um, but yeah, they, they, they are, I really like them. They, they are, they, they feel great. They are some of the best four inch figures I've messed with. Still not quite as nice as acid rain, but they feel like the, they feel like the passion project of people who worked on four inch GI Joe and star Wars being able to do stuff that I think factory reality is hindered on those branded lines. Um, but that's that's basically my off-topic, what I got. I'm trying to think if there was anything else, but not really. That was about it. I don't have my new business cards yet either, because I ran out, and I tried to make some more, and they aren't shipping fast enough. It's like, while you guys have slow shipping actual toys, I'm like, my business cards aren't shipping fast enough. <sighs> anyway, uh, I think that about does it for the podcast. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back again with more Transformers podcasting as time goes on. And by that, I mean like next week. So thank you, TJ and Aaron, for joining me. And I hope yeah, I hope your Victorians get there. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, tweet about it when they do. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Get me these Butchie. Got some badass perpetrators. They're here to stay.